0: Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten Podcast. Joining me on this rip today is Matteo Pellegrini. I hope I've said that in the sexiest Italian accent that I ever could, which of course is never going to be any match for, for Matteo. So, who is Matteo? Well, he's CEO and founder of Orange Pill App. What is Orange Pill App? It's a dating app. Or is it? Well, stick around and find out. You'll find out exactly what it is. And if you're not on it, make sure you are because it is flying. This is the social layer of Bitcoin. This is what we're building out in 2023 and beyond. This is what we need to start connecting with each other. Anyway, before we get into the show, you know what's about to happen. So if you want to skip forward, feel free. If you want to hang around and learn how to stack and then up your privacy, and then self-custody. You might want to listen to what I'm about to say. swanbitcoin.com and relay.ch SWAN in the US, Relay in Europe. They offer you all of the services you could ever need if you are just the lonely pleb looking to stack sats in a daily or weekly manner, or if you're a high net worth individual, or if you're a business owner, or if you're somebody that needs that white glove service. They have all of that. SWAN can even help you convert any of your pensions or your IRAs into Bitcoin, and they were going to do that for you for free, I think. Check that with Brecky. Uh but it's not going to cost much and it won't take long. So anyway, check him out, SWAN Bitcoin Relay. Coin Corner are based in the UK. They are an exchange and you can set up auto buyers with those guys and you can get a bolt card from them and use that in any establishment that accepts Bitcoin, linked directly to your Coin Corner account and using Bitcoin over the Lightning Network. It's crazy. This is where the world is headed. Get on board, contact Coin Corner, hit the link in the show notes and set up an account, especially a merchant account if you are looking to accept Bitcoin at your store Hoddle hodl have you covered for peer-to-peer global kyc free sats in almost any currency you could ever think of so set up an account use the link in the show notes that's going to save you on commissions they also have the peer-to-peer lending program and they are also going to throw the third uh, baltic honey badger conference in riga latvia third of september And there's no discounts on the tickets. Just get there quick before they go up. Check their website. WasabiWallet.io is where you go if you want to up your privacy, yo. I couldn't think of another way to rhyme there. Download the wallet, run some sats through it, watch the coin join happen in front of your eyes, get comfortable with it, do your own research, but then make sure you self custody. You can use the shiftcrypto.ch Forward slash Bitten link and use the code Bitten for 5% discount. Make sure you're meeting your plebs. We've got conferences. We've got Miami and Prague. Links are in the show notes. We have Liberty in Our Lifetime towards the end of the year in October. I've mysteriously run out of music again. Liberty in Our Lifetime is. Put on by the Free Cities Foundation. It's not purely Bitcoin, but you do have parallel structures running through the whole theme of the conference and you get to meet an incredible bunch of people. It is put on by Bitcoiners, uh, i.e. Peter Young and Timothy Allen, who are now working there, but Titus himself is a a big Bitcoin advocate as well. So save the date, hit the link in the show notes and get that 10% discount using the code BITTON. Enjoy this rip with Matteo. We are recording with uh, Matteo Pellegrini. Did I do a good job? Very good. perfect job. I've been working on my Amazing Italian job. accent. Right, Lauren?
1: What? I've been working
0: on my Italian accent. I have not
1: heard you say anything with yeah, Italian accent.
0: Well, because when we hang out <laughs> with Ricky and Laura at the conferences.
2: Oh, yeah. And sometimes you say amore to, to mommy. I can't roll my tongue. More Am- amore, yeah, like that.
0: Yeah,
3: amore. There you go.
0: Uh, yeah, Ricky and Laura have both been on the the podcast, and uh, other than you and G- Giacomo, they're they're my favourite Italians.
2: Yeah, I
3: saw I saw the I saw the podcast, and I think Laura is in orange Pilap as well, which is pretty cool. Uh,
2: oh. Yeah, the
3: post was very cool. I love it.
0: Okay, so uh, actually, uh, I had this same conversation with Ricky in Amsterdam. Uh, a very yep. uh, important conversation about coffee. And you just said because I'm I'm having a nice glass of uh, I have a white wine, a petit chablis, because I live in France. And you are there well, on the so west coast. It. I, I try, and you're you're there on the west coast of America, yeah. drinking probably shit coffee.
3: Uh, it's not that, it's not terrible it's uh, there's a place very close to where I live and uh, I go every morning at 7 with my daughter and get cappuccino yeah every morning it's, it's it's not as bad as you might think
0: what is the time and this is what I asked Ricky what is the cutoff time yes that you are allowed to drink a cappuccino
3: very easy any time before lunch right <laughs> okay that's the rule as long as it's before lunch, you're good to go. It could be 10, 9. 9, 9. Usually, usually it's for breakfast. So if you wake up at 6, you get at 6. If you get up at 10, you get a 10. But you cannot have it after lunch. That's uh, almost as bad as pineapple on pizza.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <All> right.
0: <laughs> Now, he got into a big argument with, uh, with Laura uh, because um, she, I, I, if I remember rightly, she would have a cappuccino after lunch, but there's a whole thing about being from Venice and oh, I don't no. want to help them anymore.
3: Maybe. Mm. maybe. I never heard of that. Uh, yeah, I never, I never know any Italian that drink cappuccino after lunch. Never heard of once.
0: It's a breakfast coffee, Lauren. You heard it here yes. first. All right. That's homeschooling done for the day.
1: Now, what's your question for Matteo? Uh, why did you make a dating app? Oh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. Cancel the podcast. <laughs> why did
3: I make a, a, a dating app? Well, no, this is funny because, uh, in, in all honesty, the uh, initial idea was dating app. To be to be completely fair, because a friend of mine called me up, say, ah, oh, you know, I want to talk to you about an app that I'm building, blah 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 blah. He, he knows uh, that I have technology background, and uh, the the app is building was dating app for people that are active, like if you're a surfer, you want to date a surfer, and so that was kind of the idea. Oh, you know, should be a dating app for Bitcoiners, because. If you're a Bitcoinist, all, all you want to talk about is Bitcoin. And at that point, I was, I was dating, you know, recently divorced, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, all things being equal, I would rather date a Bitcoin than not. And so that was the idea that lasted maybe two weeks, Lauren. To, because the problem is that women in Bitcoin are more finite than Bitcoin
1: itself. <laughs> So how do you do a dating app with Only Man? Well, yeah, I guess it's good, but it would be a dating app. So he had to pivot. Dating app's not a good idea, but the, the joke being whenever
0: anybody would either ask me about the app, well, you saw it in Amsterdam. I
2: did,
1: you were, I was with you and you're like, oh, hey, this is new app launching. And they're like, oh, cool, it's yes, a dating app. No. <laughs> That was the
0: biggest feedback. So, I, I remember telling Matthew was like, dude, every single person
1: is looking at me weirdly and saying, why are you creating a dating app for dudes? Yeah, it's uh it's not dot com. That's <laughs> uh, that's my that's
3: my favorite domain on my long, long list of domains. Uh, but as I say, if if you're single, every app is a dating app. Even Google Maps is a dating app. So it doesn't really matter,
2: right?
1: Yeah. So there you go. Did you have any further questions? No. All right. Well, thank you for coming down. Yep. Thank
2: you.
0: Nice to meet you,
1: Lauren.
2: Yeah, nice to meet you too.
0: All right, mate. So let's let's figure out who you are where you came from what's going down what what brought you to bitcoin why you've launched this dating app that's not a dating app.com and uh, all the good stuff all the pleb stuff uh, you, you you grew up in italy
3: I did yes i um, i yeah i grew up in italy in florence until i was 21 years old which is uh, when uh, i moved to london at 21, and I stayed there until I was 28. Yeah, seven years. You know, there's a movie, Seven Years in Tibet. I don't know if you ever watched that movie. Uh, I've done seven years in London. Very similar. <laughs> um, very similar story, I guess. Yeah, so I lived in London for seven years, which is where I got my British accent, as you can tell. It's, and it's, uh,
0: it's perfect. It's perfect, mate. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it? In it, in it,
3: in it, mate.
0: What, what part uh, anyways, of London were
3: you in? Oh, I've uh, so in, I've lived uh, all over, but well, there's a funny story if you want, if mm-hmm. you want it. So, I moved to London, I think it was January, yeah, it was definitely January, so pretty cold anyway. And I, I've no, I only been to London one weekend before I moved to London, that's how much I loved, I fell in love with the city. I spent one week and I said, man, I need to live in this city, right? It was like a magnet uh, attracting me to London. So I moved to London and then I'm like, okay, I need to find a place to, to, to live. But I had some money from a previous business that I had uh, with my friend. I had some money, moved to London. And then I said, well, let's go. I mean, I need to find a place. So in the UK, the equivalent of Craigslist, as you know, is Gum Road. Uh, mm-hmm. not Gum Road, Gum Tree. Mm-hmm. So I found the place. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's uh, it's cheap enough, whatever. And when I went to see the place, the tube was closed because on the weekend they do the, the, they do the up, upgrades and they do the work. So I took a bus and it took me two hours to get there. And in my brain, I was like, well, it took two hours because the tube is closed. With the tube, it's probably take 10 minutes to get to Piccadilly Circus. So I signed the lease and and then Monday comes, and I'm like, what? It takes an hour to get because days good with the tube. So I, so that was like almost close to Heathrow, very far. I think I spent two weeks there. Then I moved from there to Meadowvale, which I loved. Very posh, very, you know, very idyllic. Um, and then from Meadowvale, I moved to Greenwich, and I spent pretty much most of my time in actually North Greenwich, the O2 Arena. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been there. Uh, yep. um, it was called the Millennium Village. Everything was millennial in that place. So I lived six years in North Greenwich, which is, was lovely. You know, I, I went to the there's a yacht club that I used to go and sail on the Thames. Beautiful. Um, and then last year I moved to East London, Acne, Dalston area where all the action is, you know, shortage, all that kind of stuff. And then I've lived two weeks at my friend's house in Trafalgar Square, and then I moved out of there. I moved out of London in 2013. So 2013, I moved to Milan, because uh, in, in my seven years of London, of all the things I've done, I, I've. I built this company in Italy. There was a shipping company, an e commerce for shipping, um, which was very successful. And then I sold in 2012. So I had a little bit of money, actually, a lot of money. I wish I bought Bitcoin then, but yeah, you know, it's a difference. i <laughs> will so get there later, probably. Um, so I moved to Milan, back in Italy, because I, launched, I wanted to launch Uber before Uber. So I had this idea, I, I, I got the idea from London, there's this app called Halo, uh, which was, I'm pretty sure was the first taxi app you can book from your smartphone. I said, wow, that's a great idea, let's move back to Italy, uh, and let's copy this concept in Milan, which it's what I did, and then unfortunately, I didn't understand much, I didn't understand that uh, you can find bad developers. That was my mistake. Because my previous company, the shipping company, I got one developers, which was a rock star, and it did everything great, pretty much. And it was actually a very complicated website. And I'm like, okay, you know, finding developers is not difficult, right? I found one, it was great. Now, unfortunately, he didn't do apps. 2012 was still a new uh, field. So I found other developers, and they, I trust and they would do what I supposed to do but obviously that was not the case so i launched the app it didn't work i learned that you know you gotta find the right developers uh which i did which i did in florence which is the one i'm using for entry lab and then from milan i moved to new york because i couldn't really live in israel anymore after seven years of london it's like you know this is not the place for me i love visiting in italy vacation family is great but i cannot live there so moved to New York, and uh, in New York, it was a great place, a lot of fun. I spent two years in New York, which felt like two decades because New York is a crazy place to live. Like everything is sp- sped up like ten x. A lot of fun, and I had uh, another app that I was that uh, was an indoor food delivery service, and I ended up working with the biggest. Uh, theater company on Broadway which is called Schubert and they use the app to allow uh, the patrons to make the orders during the intermission of the shows <clears throat> and then I sold the technology to Schubert I moved to LA I, because uh, New York is too cold it's crazy cold in the winter I, didn't, I couldn't stand the winter and uh, I drove all the way from New York to LA Took a week, you know, we, we, we stopped we stop, uh, stop on the way, Grand Canyon, Kansas, Arizona, New Mexico It was lovely. Got to L.A. in 2016, which is where I've been until uh, 2022, yeah. And then I moved up here in North California because I have a family, and I have a little baby. Didn't really want to raise a daughter in L.A., uh, and so we move up here, and, uh, you know, that's kind of my story.
0: Mate, that's Pilots. awesome. So, Florence, you know, yes. uh, and leaving, I mean, that's not lost on a Bitcoiner, right? Because, well, the, Florence, um, the, uh, the Renaissance, the, uh-huh. uh, you know, the, the, this is where it's all going down. But, you know, we're going through a Renaissance right now, is what a lot of us believe. Um, and Florence was a, a huge part of you know, kicking that off, that, that great awakening.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, the
3: Renaissance, uh, like Florence was kind of the Silicon Valley back then, Like pretty much everything happened in Florence. Um, in fact, I have a theory that is very controversial mm-hmm. that uh, I have discussed with this famous uh, paleontologist I don't know if you want to get into this rabbit hole.
0: Uh, Please do. This is what we... I love this okay. shit. Okay, what is it?
3: Okay, great. So so one time I was in London. Uh-huh. I was living in London. And uh, I read this uh, article, uh, this blog post from this paleontologist, American paleontologist, that said... You probably remember that up to a point, they believed the Neanderthals were just... Uh, were just uh, killed by Homo sapiens because uh, we were uh, like, like a better species. And then this guy found out, no, 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 no. Actually, we have Neanderthal DNA still present today in Homo sapiens. So he, he, he immediately discovered that Neanderthals, Homo sapiens were breeding with each other and simply Homo sapiens outbred Neanderthal out of existence. That was the big uh, discovery that this guy made, I think, probably 10 years ago. And then I was like, wow, okay, that's interesting. And then I'm reading, I'm reading all the. So he, he goes and, and analyzes the different uh, uh, segments, like groups, like like white people, black people, Asian all that kind of different groups. How much Neanderthals DNA they have left over today which is millions of years or hundreds of thousands of years. And funny enough, of all the groups in the world, the groups with the highest percentage of Neanderthal DNA are people from Tuscany.
2: Hmm.
3: It, literally in the blog post, it doesn't even say Italians. It says Tuscans. And I'm like, wow, what a strange coincidence. And so I started thinking, I say, uh, so that, that kind of like threw me off. Like, how is that? I mean, you know, what are the chances that 8 billion people, 7 billion people, like there's a high concentration on the Unadulted in Tuscans? And then I did some research because obviously I'm from Florence. So obviously I'm biased because I'm from there. Uh, but I know that we had, we, have, we had a lot of like geniuses, like Leonardo da Vinci, Dante, Galileo, uh, jolt or you name it, right? And I'm like, what are the chances that maybe, you know, having this high numbers of DNA actually is, a, is, a, is an advantage. Uh, it's, it's, and it's, it's an IQ advantage, right? Like something like that. And so I took to, I posted this idea back then, I don't even remember, maybe on Quora, because I, I wasn't on Twitter back then. And people said, well, you know, you're making a mistake because it's like saying that Silicon Valley has a lot of geniuses, which is true. However, they're not from the Silicon Valley. They moved there. Like Elon Musk is not from San Francisco. I don't think anybody, like even Mark Zuckerberg, Bill nobody's from San Francisco. They all moved there. And they end up in the Silicon Valley. And then obviously Silicon Valley have the, probably the highest percentage of geniuses on planet Earth because, but they moved there. When in Florence, in Tuscany, like Dante was born in Florence, Galileo was born in, in Tuscany. These are native, uh, native people from, Tuscan, from Tuscany. And so that's, that was my theory that, uh, um, quite controversial theory, I would say. Um, but yeah, so then I, I spoke actually to the guy 10 years later, to the paleontology that found this out. And uh, we didn't buy the theory, but that's my theory.
0: <laughs> I thought you were saying he totally bought the theory, and this is what he, he's going to make it. to. Yeah, no, we're writing a book.
3: To- we we're, we're writing a book on uh, on Tuscans <laughs> and Neanderthals.
0: <laughs> that's crazy, man. We, um, you know, the, the region we live in here in France, we are very, very close to the Lascaux caves, which are probably the most one right. of the most recognized cave paintings uh, around the world, yep. and you know, highly studied. Uh, and, and yeah, you can't move around these parts without you know coming across um, a, a reference to to those caves, or that there are museums dedicated to um, you know that period of history and the Neanderthals and stuff. Like, I mean, we're Bitcoiners, right? We we love getting to the the nitty gritty. Rabbit holes, right? Whatever, crazy. It doesn't matter what rabbit hole it is, you know. Yeah, just throw yourself yeah. in it. But you you mentioned like you 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 left Florence. At 21 after selling a business. So you'd already had a successful business by the age of 21. I mean,
3: yeah, I mean, it was a a small business. Uh, It wasn't nothing to, but given the age, I think it was uh, was a lot of fun. So basically, uh, one of my friends, which was older than me, uh, five years older, you know, this is 2004. Yeah, it has to be 2004. So the internet especially in Italy, it's not exactly uh, mainstream, right? And one day he asked me if I, if I know about Alibaba. And I'm like, Alibaba? Like you mean like the movie, like Aladdin? Or like, no, no, you know, he, he found this website where you can, con- you know, Alibaba back then. I mean, even today it's like, how do you, how do you uh, get in touch with all these uh, big factories in Asia where you can buy stuff at low cost and import it to whatever you want, right? So so we were probably one of the first Alibaba customer in Europe, I'm pretty sure, that's 2004. So we will buy uh, clothing from Alibaba ca- uh, users, ship it to Italy, and then we will sell them for a profit on eBay. And it was very successful. I was, yeah, it was very successful. We had a little office. Uh, I was 19, 18, I was going to school, uh, uh, yeah, and then uh, it was—it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so, so then at some then at some point I decided, okay, I want to move to London. So I sold my business to my partner, and that's how I financed my London adventures. For until I had the shipping company.
0: Mm-hmm. And what was the shipping company? Yeah. Same same kind of thing. You would hook into. No, the
3: shipping company. It was basically. Uh, Basically, what it was—I mean, it's still it's still it's still operating today. Um, it's basically we were reselling the services from the big courier at a cheaper, at a discounted price. So, if you—if you go to uh, what's the biggest courier in Europe, uh, DHL, today?
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah.
3: Oh, wait. let's say it's DHL. So, if you as a private go to DHL and you want to send one kilo of whatever to somebody in Germany or even in France, they'll charge you $30 a kilo because you, know, you, have, you do one shipment. However, if you have a business, if you go, hey, I have a business, I send a thousand shipment per week, they'll charge you $6, six euro. So that's what I did. I, I made a contract with, with uh, not DHL, but TNT, which by the way, is funny, it was an orange. It's been acquired by UPS, I think. Uh, but if you remember, they have an orange logo. They were orange. It was all yeah. yeah. yeah all their branding them. was orange. Yep. What are the chances? <laughs> so I made a contract with TNT in Italy, and I told them, "Look, I'm gonna do thousands of shipments per per week, and give me the best price." I so I negotiated a contract, I get the best price, and then I create a website where you could go on the website, put your address, put your, the the size and the weight. And then put where you want the box to go, and then you will I, you, you will pay me, and I will send the courier to you, pick up the parcel and deliver it, which was a great it's a great service because otherwise you have to go to the post office which in Italy it sucks, and you will pay ten dollars instead of twenty five, and you will get a courier level service, and I will and, and I would uh, you know make a I don't know, 10% margin, 20% margin on, you know, on the $10, right? And that was the business and uh, it was extremely successful. So successful that at some point TNT, which was a multi-billion dollar global company. It wasn't like a regional career. It was a multi-billion dollar company. One day they called me, by the way, I'm in London. I'm doing everything from London, but the business is in Italy. We have a a, a, VO, a VoIP number where you can call an Italian number, but after we picking up the phone from London, all these kind of operations. So one day they called me and they said, well, we need to talk to you. So OK, I take a plane, go to Italy, go to Florence, uh, where it's my contract with. I said, look, we're going to compete with you. I'm like, what? I said, yes, because you've been so successful. And they literally did this, which is unbelievably stupid. They cannibalized their own business. So they made a website where you can ship, you can pay $9, anybody could pay $9 instead of 25 because they were jealous of me, of all the success that I had and all the business. that. And so I guess that's why they went out of business. I mean, obviously it's not the reason, but one of the reasons I think, because the management was not that smart, and so, yeah, so, so that's the scale of the business that, uh, that I reached uh, all from London, all from like three people, four people, like very small operation, very lean operation. Uh, but it was such a great product that people were like, why would, I, why would I go to the post office, wait in line, pay $10, no tracking, when I can stay home, do everything online, a courier comes to my house, pick the box, Deliver it, tracked faster than the post office, and I pay the same price. Obviously, it's you know it's a no-brainer, right? Uh, yeah, so that was extremely successful, and then I saw that. Uh, when when this problem happened with TNT, I said, okay, this is the time for me to exit this business. Also, was you know, was very you know it, it was very intensive. Like you know, I had to hire people and. The developers and the website was like getting bigger and bigger, more feature, more feature, more feature, all the APIs and, and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm 28, uh, you know, I've, I've done pretty, pretty well for the business. Uh, and then, you know, it's still operating today. Really? Yes.
1: What's the name of the business?
3: Spedire, S P E D I R E, which means to ship.com.
0: And it's still um, still running it out of Italy?:
1: Yeah,
3: still run out of Italy, and
0: uh, yeah, it's, uh,
3: yeah, yes, um, I'm sure they're doing great. Uh, I have no idea. I haven't been once I saw that, like I'm done with this uh, sector, I like you know,
1: mm-hmm. I like
3: new challenges. So sold, get the money. Uh, did have the start of the taxi, you know, the taxi app, the theater app, all that kind of stuff. Didn't buy Bitcoin? <laughs> all right. Because... Could have bought a could have bought thousands of bitcoins oh, easily.
0: Of course, all of all the money to... I
3: spent on that. But you know, if we want to get into the story, we can.
0: But first, I yeah, I want to know because yes. then you you're not in e-commerce anymore, right? Because as far as I understand it, you're in restaurants. So what what's what happened there? Like you reached the West Coast and you launched the Barata House, is that right?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that, that's uh, that's uh, yeah. So that's another story. So I moved to LA, two thousand sixteen, and then I took a break from business. I'm like, I'm you know, um, I want to try something else. I want to see what uh, I want to see because I always work for myself, and always been the boss, and I have. I've never been accountable to pretty much anybody else but me. And so I was like, let's get a job. Let's see what happens. Um, so I got a job for fun, which is kind of ridiculous, but that's what it is. So I got a job in car sales, which I love, selling right. cars. It's so much fun, uh, at least for me, it was so much fun. Um, so I worked two years at a car dealership, which I've learned a lot about selling because you know selling cars it's 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 uh well first of all it's a full-time job it's a very long hours and uh, you get to talk to all kind of people young people old people rich people poor people educated people everybody buys a car that's the point right and so you learn a lot about psychology and what, what you know what motivates people and and the techniques of selling which you know are very useful in life whatever you do everything is selling pretty much. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I spent two years in car sales. I uh, got pretty good, I guess. Then I, you know, it's like, okay, that's enough working for me. That's <laughs> why so I quit. I, I quit uh, my uh, selling career in 2019. Yeah. Right before COVID, right before COVID, I think it was October, November 2019. Yes. Um, and then I got into this business uh, called Burrata House, which is not my business. I, I invested in. So I joined as an investor. Italian, you know, Italians, uh, in, what do I do? They do restaurant, they do food businesses. Right? In fact, one day I, I, I start thinking about all my Italian friends that I know in the United States. And the men, my, my, my male Italian friends, every single one is in the food business everything other they have a restaurant they have a food import business their waiter they sell wine um anyway uh so yeah. so i this is you know it's not my business again it's i'm an investor in that business i joined one year after the launch uh it's called brother house it's very cool concert it's all about burrasa which uh you know it's a very popular cheese in the united states And uh, we do like panini, pasta, salad, everything with Burrata. It's not really a restaurant. It's more like a takeaway place. And we have four stores now. Now, since I launched Orange Club, I have kind of like, you know, can't really follow that anymore. But yeah, that's the the restaurant business.
0: All right. So at what point did Bitcoin come and tap you on the shoulder and say?
3: Well, many times. Right. It's uh, obviously, it was not not a one-night stand. Let's put it that way. (laughs) took a long time. took a long time. So, for the first time, and I will never forget as long as I live. The first time I heard about Bitcoin, it must have been 2011, because the price was $5. I remember the price very, very well. I was living in London, and a friend of mine, super nerdy guy, uh,
1: quant analyst for a big hedge fund, tell me about Bitcoin. And I'm like, this is a scam. I will
3: keep in mind I have a degree in economics, right? So my background is also government economics, fiat economics. All right. So, um, And I was like, so the first time was 2011 or 2012, $5, didn't buy any of it. Actually, obviously call it a scam. Now in my defense, I don't think there was much I could look into back then. There was no Daniel Prince in 2011 that could help me. There was literally nobody. I think maybe Antonopolis I'm sure Antonopolis was there. Uh, there were no books, there were you know, it was very early days. Uh, and then the year after, 2012, or maybe 2013 I guess that's, I guess it must have been 2012, a woman I was dating. She was, talking, my mom, she was talking to me about Bitcoin. And the price was $120. So it went from $5 to $120 already. And I think it's a scam. That was my, that was my, that was my uh, understanding of Bitcoin. It's just a scam. And then it goes from $5 to 120 And I'm like, this is what scams do. They go up so crazy. Nothing real goes up what is it, 60 times, right? Nothing real, more, sorry, 100 times, yes. Well, 50, sorry, 120 times. Uh, whatever, i super high, super high multiple, right? I'm like, so I told this lady to not buy Bitcoin. I encouraged her not to buy Bitcoin when it was 120. And then, and then you know, there was the bear market, which I didn't know about. I never heard about Bitcoin until summer of 2016 when Naval from AngelList,
2: mm-hmm.
3: which uh, I knew because of my technology companies, my technology background, right? I, you know, I knew Naval, I knew he was a billionaire, I was a super smart guy, very honest guy. So he, he posted a thread in the middle of the night. It was summertime. I'm in Los Angeles. I follow him on Twitter. Um, and I was like, what? Why is he talking about Bitcoin? That doesn't it didn't make any sense to me because I think Bitcoin is a scam. But I know Naval. I was like, mm, something is fishy here. Something is not adding up. So I close the computer and I, and I promised to myself okay, tomorrow morning when you wake up, you need to find out what is this Bitcoin. What's, what's going on here, right? And so I bought uh, $20 of Bitcoin, on Coinbase. The next day I was like, okay, let's buy some and let's start do some research because there's no way Naval is promoting a scam. That, that much I knew. So I bought Bitcoin and I think it was, but at that time was $600 per, per Bitcoin. And then I kind of like forgot about it. And then next year, Bitcoin goes up like crazy. 10,000, 15,000, I was like, wow. So I opened my Coinbase account, I forgot the password, It's like, wow, this is crazy, right? But I still was not really convinced on that. Then Bitcoin goes up to 20,000. And I was kind of excited I didn't sell anything. Maybe I had one Bitcoin, very little, very little thing. And then I had the brilliant idea of buying all the shit coins you can think of. <laughs> so at the beginning of the bear market in 2018,
1: I thought to myself, okay, this is what's gonna this is what's gonna happen. Bitcoin is old technology.
3: There's gonna be new technology because I'm you know, I'm a technology guy. So I know that the first technology is never Almost never the, 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 the right one, the one that wins. is never the first one. Like MySpace, Facebook, obviously, we all know about that. So I think, okay, you know, there's going to be another uh, old coin that's going to replace Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is already 20,000. So I had this strategy, which is quite ridiculous, but this is what happened. Every morning, I would wake up, go to a library, like my computer, and go on Binance, and look at the 100 shitcoins. And if a shitcoin went down 10% or more the day
1: before, I would buy that shitcoin. Which of course, I didn't know where shitcoins. I thought they were the, the next thing. And I'm, and
3: I'm on YouTube listening to crypto law all this infl- as this shitcoin influencer, right? So you can imagine how many shit coins are bought because this is the beginning of the bear market. So two months in, I, am, I have probably out of the first, out of the top 100 shitcoins, I probably bought 50 of them. Oh, and they keep crashing. They keep crashing, right? Because every day, they keep crashing. Uh, and every day, the more they crash, the more I buy. So I have this, this shitcoin hedge fund, <laughs> uh, pretty much. And so at some point, my little brain understands, okay, maybe you should just stop doing what you're doing. Forget about Bitcoin and forget about shitcoin.
1: Forget about all of this. You were right, it's, it's all a scam. It was probably April,
3: 2018. I closed the account, they closed everything. And then I, you know, but I still have this Naval in the back of my mind. And then Safedin comes out with the book, The Bitcoin Standard, which I think was summer 2018.
1: And it's like, wow, you know, as an economist, um, let's see what he has to say about Bitcoin.
3: So I bought the Bitcoin standard, and I'm like, wow, this is mind blowing. Because all I've learned in school, the Keynesian the, uh, economics, right? I never heard of Austrian economics in my life until the Bitcoin standard, never heard of it. Nobody told me anything in school about Austrian economics. Uh, Surprise! Surprise! And so the Bitcoin saga was kind of like my uh, awakening of uh, yeah it was it was my door to the rabbit hole to the Bitcoin rabbit hole. And then I remember clearly, Christmas 2018. I'm working at the car dealership, and I'm giving uh, I'm giving a gift to all my colleagues, 20 colleagues, and at the end
1: of the note. I would put PS, by Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is maybe 3,000, 4,000. So at that
3: point, I'm pretty much, yeah, at that point, uh, I'm, I'm not a Bitcoin maxi. Uh, I'm still doing some shitcoin bullshit, you know, just experimenting. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm encouraging people to buy Bitcoin. I actually convinced my mother to buy Bitcoin. I told her, look, don't ask me why. Don't ask me what it is, just get one and forget about it. So he got one at 5,000, which was great, which was, uh, you know, pretty good. Um, And then, you know, the big, uh, I guess the next chapter for me was Michael Siller. Mm -hmm. When he shows up, uh, August 2020, yeah, he goes all in. And at that point, I'm like maybe 95% in, like I'm pretty much a Bitcoin maxi at that point. And then he shows up and he goes, wow, this guy's a CEO of a public company, super smart guy, and he's converting all of his balance sheet in Bitcoin. I said, I need to do it too. So I took every penny that I had and I converted in Bitcoin. Actually, I was asking my friends to buy Bitcoin because all these limits on the platform, like $10,000 max, you, know, you can't buy more. So I would send money to my friends and say, can you please buy me Bitcoin and send it to my wallet? I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, if he's all in, I'm going to be all in just as much as him. So some, yeah, August
1: 2020, it's pretty much when I became a Bitcoin Marxist. Mate, that's an incredible story. So at what point then did Orange Pill App come up in your brain? Well, at what point? So, 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 so,
3: so, well, the date is april 2022 however the problem is this summer 2020 i'm a bitcoin master right and i have a background in business less slash, slash technology it's what i've done all my life so i'm like how do i start a bitcoin company every day pretty much i'm thinking I need to do a Bitcoin company. I need to have a Bitcoin company. Like it's you know this is what I do anyway. I love Bitcoin. You know I think Bitcoin is going to change pretty much everything. But I could not find. I could not get any idea that would like would work for my uh, skills, my my characteristic. I cannot. I cannot do an exchange. I you know I cannot do a podcast. Uh, I cannot do a, a magazine or a conference. Like what am I doing? So for two years. I mean one year and a half since Michael Siller, I'm thinking, how do I start a Bitcoin company? Because I have
1: to. Like people like me should start Bitcoin companies. And then my friend called me.
3: Hey, let's talk about this dating app that I'm launching. And that's and then I'm thinking, oh, I see what's going on. These dating apps are becoming, they're, they're becoming fragmented and they're going to go on after all these verticals. Same with every industry. Right? If you look at cars, it was only Ford. Now you have companies that only do electric cars, companies that only do sports car. You know, it, that's, that's the nature of every industry. It, get, it goes from general to specific. Restaurants, like Brada House, my, what, what, my business that I invest, we only do Brada. Like McDonald's, that's only fast food, and they could be a huge business, right? I mean, huge company. And so, yeah. So I think you know, I'm thinking, oh, you know, dating apps, they're going to the same, they're going through the same uh, uh, process of becoming specific. Like Tinder is very generic. And then I found out there's all kinds of dating apps, by the way, like dating apps for people that love dogs. I don't know if you knew that. Nope. You you can go on a date with somebody and walk your dog. Uh, There's dating out for Asian people, black people, obviously gay people, um, uh, atheist, Christian, you know. So, you know, that's kind of why I thought Bitcoin dating out was a great idea because, you know, Bitcoin is not just money. It's not just a technology. It's uh, technically speaking a religion. I know Bitcoiners don't like it, but if you look at uh, if you look from first principle at religions and Bitcoin, it's pretty much the, the you you
1: you see the same emergent behaviors. Um, for example, I think you would like this. If you look at
3: religions, um, every religion as a as a marker as a physical marker, like if you're a Muslim, you grow your bird. So when I see somebody with a long bird, it's most likely going to be a Muslim. If you're a Christian, you wear a cross. If you're a Jew, you wear the Yama. So there is marker, physical marker, that immediately recognize members of the same tribe, of the same religion. Now, funny enough, what do we do in Bitcoin
1: that is very similar to that? What, is the, what do we do? Other than talk about Bitcoin all the time? Uh,
3: what's, a, what's a marker that you can tell somebody's in Bitcoin immediately? Obviously, it's online. What is it?
0: It's a laser eyes. Oh, the laser eyes, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. On your Twitter. The platform.
3: laser eyes.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So the laser eyes is the, is, the, is the bird for the Muslim. The same exact behavior. So people in the same tribe needs to be able to identify each
1: Mm -hmm. other as quickly as possible, which is why religion works. Uh, And funny enough, in Bitcoin,
3: this property emerged naturally. I don't know. Maybe Sailor came out with the laser eyes. I don't know who did.
0: Somebody um, did. It was the meme meme factory, guys. It was, uh, wasn't it Chairforce? I think it was Chairforce.
3: Yeah. Well, somebody did. Uh, Because we're humans, you know, so there's nothing, there's nothing surprising about that. Um, And so, you know, there's so many, you know, another, you know, another parallelism is who's Satoshi? We don't know. He's dead. Is he alive? Is he on earth? Is he on heaven? But we have the writings of Satoshi, right? Same with like Mohammed and Jesus Christ and Moses. They all, you know. It's very, very, you know, it's it's very, very similar to our religion. Um, I mean, it has pretty much the same characteristics of our religion, um, except, and this is where I think Orange Pilap is going to help a lot, there is no church that we go every Sunday. There is no mosque we go every Friday. There is no social uh, component that is every week now we do have meetups which is akin to that but obviously meetups are not scalable most of them go to meetup and so i think you know orange fill up in a way it's it's kind of like like a digital church i don't know like a digital way for us to connect in real life which is i think is where when the magic happens um which you know, again, it's kind of similar to like people going to church every week, right? It's, it's the same principle.
0: And this is the social layer that uh, you know you're you're so interested in when we talk about it. Yes. We had the the Twitter spaces about it with uh, with Knute and Jeff and uh, and Rob Breedlove um, talking about the social layer and how up until now, I mean, for two years, the social layer was shut down across. Everything, even churches and, you know, right. pubs, bars, restaurants, cafes, the sporting games, the, the usual way that we would find social interaction with each other. Because we are social creatures, like no one can ever um, question that. Uh, but yeah, building out the social layer for Bitcoiners to be able to find each other and instead of just rely on the one or two conferences you save up to and may or may not go to, depending on the price of Bitcoin that year, that's your only social interaction with other people like you. Yeah. That's starvation. That, 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 that yeah. is really not good uh for the soul.
3: It's it's not. It's not. Prince, do you want to know how tribal we are as human? It's I read a study once. That's way before Orange Club. I read a study once. They do they did an experiment, they took hundred people, put in the room, and then under strangers, and then they told to 50 of them, you are odd numbers, and to other 50, you are even number. And they will start talking to each other based on the fact that we're assigned odd numbers or even numbers.
2: Hmm. So but
3: that's how tribal we are. Like I would, you know, this this study was. I think I've, been, I've been I've been thinking about it for a long time, like humans want to uh, socialize with people like them, even if it's something as silly as mm-hmm. your odd number and your even. number. So, yeah, so it's, it's not a surprise that we are very, very social animals. And this is why, you know, this is why we dominate the planet, because we are able to cooperate on large scales. Um, you know, if you read the book *Sapiens*, it explains very well uh, that we believe in stories. You know, that's that's the whole thing of the book. Like governments, like the nations are stories, religions are stories, you know, corporations are stories, But because humans are the only animals that believe in stories, then we can cooperate at, I mean, millions of millions of units at the same time. Like, you know, if you're American. It doesn't really mean anything. Like there's nothing American in you, in your biology, or French, or Italy. it doesn't mean anything. You know, like, I was talking to my sister, like because this idea of nation is so ingrained into us that people get offended if you explain that nation doesn't exist. They really get offended. Like you can try, I say France doesn't exist, Italy doesn't really exist. Like if you go. And I would tell them, if you go on the Alps and you cross the border and you get a rock from the French side and a rock from the Italian side, do you think you're going to lab and you'll find any differences? No, it's the same, it's the same components, but we decided this is the line, whatever. Um, And so, yeah, so we believe in stories. and, uh, you know, money is a story as well, you know. Um, and so we are, we're, we're capable of, uh, you know, doing that Zoom call thousands of miles away because you and I, we believe in the same story, which is Bitcoin and freedom and all the kind of things that comes with Bitcoin. And so, yeah, so, that, so in my mind, it makes sense that we have a tool
1: to be able to connect with each other anywhere on planet Earth from your phone that everybody has anyway,
3: like, you know, in a digital way that's private, it's anonymous, you know, you don't have to show your face. If you go to a meetup, right? And we all been to meetups. You have to show your face. You have to dox yourself. I mean, you can say you somebody else, but your your face is there. You drive there. You park, you pay parking, you pay for the beer. This many people, it's kind of awkward because everybody's in Bitcoin anyway, and then you met five people, and then the next day you don't even remember what these people are. You don't even remember what uh, Twitter account they have. It's very ephemeral, right? It doesn't really stick. Um, a conference, obviously, you know, it's it's it's, it's way more expensive. I mean, mm-hmm. magnitude orders more. Uh, you have to fly to the hotel, and then you have 20,000 people. How many people are you going to talk to, realistically? Now, if you're a famous becoming like yourself, probably a lot. Uh, I've been to Miami 2021. I think there was 20,000 attendees. Great. I think I, sp- I met 10 people. That's it. So if you do the count, I can spend $1,000 to meet 10 people. It's $100 each, right? Mm-hmm.
2: It's...
3: it's uh, and then, and then, what's worse? Then, then I go back to LA, and they go back to Detroit. Now what? Now we're just bitter friends. Like nothing really, you know, nothing really meaningful has changed. from me going to Miami, twenty twenty one. Oh, you know, of, cu- of course, conferences are cool and they're necessary and all that kind of stuff. But they're not scalable. They're not scalable at all. Because you know, it costs money, it costs time, it costs energy. And so Orange Fill App is the solution to all of that. You know, you don't know the app, you pay $3. Uh, so we don't have bots, scam ads. And then whenever you go, when you fly, you open the app, you see, oh, there's Princey. It's close to me. I'm just landed in France. Let's go and chat with Princey. Um, if you go to LA, you find other people immediately from the app without going to a meetup. You can be on your hotel couch or bed and chat with people. An organizer, a Deema.
1: Like, how, it's, there's no other way you can do that today. So, how did you go about launching the app?
0: So you've had the idea. Now yeah. you got you got to take the idea. You know, you got to get beyond ideation uh, kind of stage. Uh, this yeah. isn't this isn't free, right? So I, I'm thinking about the pleb out there that's got the idea that wants to go into business, wants to launch a Bitcoin. Um, whether it's an app or whatever, right? Um, what what was your next your next stage? Well,
3: my biggest fortune is that I found these developers ten years ago through my old. Uh, the joke I make is that I found all the bad developers, <laughs> so the, so I could only find good developers. You know, like the, only the good ones were left, and so I found these amazing developers. Actually, funny enough, in Florence, in my hometown after hired developers from any country on earth, you name it. I found these super smart developers, talented. In fact, I told them, guys, you should come to, you should move to Silicon Valley. You can make a million dollar a year. Like you're so good. Uh, but thankfully for me, they never did that. So they're still in Florence and, uh, you know, um, and so I I nurtured the relationship. Even when they didn't have a business, I would always meet them. The, they're friends now, you know, they're friends. Uh, they're friends. So I had these developers, which without them, I would never be able to do this um, because it takes so much money and so much uh, time to find the good developers. And then you don't even know, unless you're a developer yourself, if somebody's actually doing what you tell them to do. And so we, you know, we did the white frames, um, come out with the MVP, minimum via product, because I Believe in building in public instead of like building everything and then launching, and then you find out that people don't want it, it's a huge waste of time and resources. Um, so you know, we start really working on it seriously, like in June 2022, got dead in April, dating up in May, it was not dating up anymore, it was like networking up for big corners, which obviously is a much bigger mission as well. June. We start working on the app, and then uh, you know, I have you know, I have no doubts that they're gonna make it because I know they're gonna make it. And then I, I sign up for Bitcoin Pacific
1: to be a sponsor of Bitcoin Pacific because it's in LA, I'm in California, so it makes sense. And I paid for the sponsorship.
3: I have a table and all that kind of stuff. I tell everybody the app is gonna be live, the launch of the app is gonna be live on. November 9th, 2022. What was a Wednesday. Friday before that Wednesday, we submit the app to Apple to get approved. Because otherwise, you don't get, you know, you have to go through the process. And Apple rejected seven times. Wow. Seven times. On a, so this is Friday night. So I haven't slept. Till, so the whole weekend, we didn't sleep. This is me and the two developers in Italy. Obviously, nine times time zone different. So, And at some point, we get so into the weeds of this that we calculate what time, zone, what time zone the reviewer is based and at what time they review the app. So that we will submit the app to match the time so we could send more iteration of the app. Because otherwise, we're not going to be live. So we spent two, two nights, two, week, two days and nights sending them seven, seven versions of the app. But unfortunately, uh, if mean, somebody's listening and, and is curious about how HEPA works, the review process, you will think, Princey, that you send the app, they tell you what's wrong, you fix it, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. You send the app. They tell you what's wrong, you fix it, and then they tell you, oh, also this is wrong. They don't tell you all the things that you need to fix in one go. They do the installments plan. You fix something, and then they tell you something else. So that's, why it takes, so that's why it's a very uh, time-intensive, right?
0: Well, did you find guess- the, the criticism uh, kind of fair? what they were saying um, that you needed to fix or was it well
3: so well the the, the the crazy thing is that they found bugs that we couldn't find that's how detailed they are hmm. they literally like they go and they check every single thing even the things that you didn't check as a developer they will check for you which is pretty cool well, the criticism, it's, yeah, it wasn't nothing crazy, to be honest. It's just, you have to follow the guidelines, and the guidelines of Apple are, like, uh, it's like the penal code, like, there's so many, lo- it's, it's it's massive. Even they don't know, sometimes, they say things that are not mm-hmm. in, in accordance to the guideline, but you have to follow the reviewer. Whatever they say, you do it. So, and I hope Apple is not listening.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, Let's put it more general. Once you get into the, once you get approved on the app store,
1: you can remove or change things they told you to do via
3: updates, and they will not, They don't really care that much. But the review process is kind of like an initiation. Once you're in, it, it's way more flexible, right? Um, but yeah, there was nothing really. Yeah, there was something shocking. The problem is that again, you you fix something, and then you think
1: you're good, and then they say, well, you also have to fix this." Okay, why don't you tell me before so I could fix it all together? So you got it over the line, in time. Got over the line for Pacific Big Monday morning, seven
3: a.m. The conference is literally Wednesday,
0: and then you're you're up all night, uh, sticking on the. Um, the orange pill stickers on the orange TikTok. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was crazy. It was crazy. And don't forget, FTX. Ah, oh, that was,
2: was that the, the same week? week?
3: Of FTX. Yes, sir.
2: Oh, and I was like,
3: yeah. I was like, I'm gonna launch a Bitcoin company at the bottom of the bear market. Yeah, it was a crazy week. Yeah, So Nathan from Swan gave me the idea. Of labeling the TikTok and putting an orange peel up because orange peels, you know, mm-hmm. TikTok, right? You buy the orange TikTok and then you put the label. And, and wasn't it, it, wasn't, it
0: wasn't it Canute wasn't it that said you should call them TikToks? I think he came up probably. With it. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Him.
3: Yeah, I think it was him. So I took, yeah, I, I bought these thousand TikToks. Uh, In fact, I couldn't even fly to the conference because I had so many. <laughs> I can't fly with all these TikToks. They're going to think I'm crazy. I don't know. Also, they wouldn't fit. I had a huge, I had a like, like you know, IKEA bags? Mm-hmm. Two of them full of TikToks. So I'm like, there's no way they let me on the plane with that kind of stuff. So I drove seven hours, whatever. Uh, and then I had to label one by one, which takes a long time. But now I'm a professional TikTok labeler.
0: <laughs> How, um, how was the conference? How did it go? Like you, you got a oh, lot of good traction, people coming up they were interested. The conference in- was amazing. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Okay.
3: The conference was amazing. I think I couldn't have picked the best, uh, the best place to launch it up. Um, well, because you know, as we just talked, people go to conference. So nobody goes to a conference to listen to Michael Siller.
1: I mean, they convince themselves oh, yeah, I want to listen to Michael Siller. But Michael Siller is free on YouTube or
3: podcasts, on uh once-beaten podcast. You can listen to Michael Siller for free. And if you go to a conference, you're not going to be Michael Siller. Let me tell you that. So people go to conference to network. They pay $500 to network. That's, that's why they go there. Like 95% of the people go there. Some people, yes, they probably want to listen to Michael concert live and take a picture, whatever. Okay. And so, you know, that's the perfect app to launch uh, at, a, at a conference. Is an app that allows you. In fact, this, the, the pitch that I was giving at the conference is like, what is Orange App? Which I had to answer hundreds of times. It's like, it's what you're doing right now without paying $500 and without flying to Los Angeles and... You can do it anywhere you want, right? So it's uh, networking app, blah blah. Yeah, so it was a great event, uh, and and I found this girl uh, amazing. It was kind of like, it was kind of like a perfect storm for me to launch this app. Um, and I also think launching in the bear market is much better than launching in
1: the bull market uh, because the people that stay for the bear market at the real plebs. Mm-hmm.
3: And so which is which is what you know which is what um, my users are, are you know the real plebs because otherwise how would you pay three dollars to if you're in NFT right it makes no sense. So I found this girl and she was like uh, I had to tell them what, like please stop giving the TikToks which I had a lot of TikToks because like we have two days at this conference. She was chasing people Giving TikToks to everybody, Um, yeah, it was amazing. And everybody, everybody that everybody that come to the booth and uh, had an iPhone uh, back then, we didn't have Android, only iOS. Pretty much everybody download the app because obviously that's why they had the conference. So yeah, the comment was amazing.
1: And now you
0: are live on Android because you don't have to answer when Android anymore on Twitter. (laughs)
3: The, yeah, there's always going to be a when. Now it's when events, but uh, yeah, we're we're live when
0: on when search function on Android. There you go.
3: Now that's easy. That's probably coming next week. The next big thing TM. that we're gonna do is yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next big thing that we're gonna launch is the events side of the app, which mm-hmm. I think is gonna be quite a huge. Uh, Game changer for us because I've you know I've talked to all the players on the app because it's my job right. Uh, now it's now I can't do anymore because we have too many users. But for the first two months, I have pretty much talked to everybody right because I want to know okay why did you download this app? Why did you pay to use an app that is brand new? Like it's when you think about it, it's quite uh, remarkable,
2: mm-hmm. especially um, when, when we fa- are
0: so conditioned for apps being free. Like uh, right, how many signups have you had now? In and it's two months, right? It's been running.
3: It's uh, well, when the podcast is live, it's going to be way more. But today, uh, as of recording, we've been live eighty-one days
1: since November 9th Sign up three thousand. All paid. All paid. No paid.
3: Close to the something like that. It changes. Um, yeah, all paid. Yeah, that's a, that's the crazy thing. So I, I, think, I think this is going to be studied in business class at some point as, how did you launch a social network from scratch, no traction,
1: by making everybody pay? It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's very counterintuitive. Um, but for me, it makes perfect
3: sense because uh, I was I was uh, you know I was running two business models, and uh, and I was like, okay, what business model makes sense here? That it's Bitcoin line? I cannot do advertising because nobody likes advertising, especially with corners, because I would have to track you. I would have to see, for example, that you go to Starbucks because I track you. Your show location. And then I would go to Starbucks and said, Oh, you know, we have a thousand users that go to Starbucks every day. Give us, I don't know, 50 cents and we'll send them an app. That's how advertising work on, on mobile apps, right? Which is it's I mean, it's whatever. I don't like that. Personally, I, I you know, I don't think anybody likes advertising, pretty much. Um also I hate the tracking part, it's not it's nothing, it's it's the antithesis of Bitcoin, right? It's not it's yeah, we don't want to be tracked about privacy. So I, I was running into the business model. It's like the only business model that makes sense here is the paywall. Everybody pays to get in, which also is kind of like proof of work when you think about it. Um, in fact, and I, 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 I give this example a lot, when you're on Twitter and you don't pay for it or Facebook or any social media app, and you don't pay for it, technically speaking, you're in a
1: proof-of-stake system. And you are the stake in a proof-of-stake system. And Mark Zuckerberg
3: is the the one with the most coins, right? And the more time you spend on Facebook, the more yield you
1: generate for Mark Zuckerberg. This is a proof-of-stake system. Plain and simple. Um, if you pay, then we the the app you're using is the product
3: instead of you being the product. And so yeah, so for me, man, perfect. Also, there, there are psychological reasons that if you download an app and it's free, how much time are you gonna spend on the app? Probably not much. How much effort it's it just a new app that I, it's it's a new thing. It's a hype thing. Uh, I mean, crazy enough. And I, I, I can I can tell you this: until two uh, a month ago, and then we start sending email reminder. Like about fifty percent of users on Orange app that have paid to use the app, they will not check their messages. And these are people that have paid to use the app, right? No, whether it, doesn't matter why the. It's a fact. So if people don't check, well,
1: 50%, don't even check messages and they're paid for the app. Now imagine if the app was free, it
3: would be completely unusable. And we'd have spams because actually we did. Like when we launched, when we launched the app, with, uh, it was $1.99 a month. Because I said, okay, it has to be so more than anybody can afford. And then we got spammers. We literally mm-hmm. got, in the first week, we got two or three people that were spamming everybody else, sending the same message to everybody, which obviously is not enjoyable for somebody that wants to use the app for legit legitimate reasons. I'm like, wow! Even 199 is not enough, so now it's 2.99, and we don't have spammers anymore. So kind of like we found the equilibrium, I guess. So, in, so if the app was free, point the point is, if this app was free, it would be full of spams of scams, people will not respond to you, like there would be no reason for me even to do this app um, and also I would have to find a business model that pretty much involves me selling your data, tracking your data, selling the data to the highest bidder um, but yeah, yeah, we've been conditioned uh, this is a fiat uh, this is this, the fact that people expect stuff to be free is a disease of the fiat system The fear system where money is cheap, debt is cheap, right? I could raise $10 million from venture capitalists that will pay 0.5% interest rate. Inflation is more than, it's pretty much free money. And then we can grow this, we could grow this up as far as we can and we can steal everybody's data and then we can sell this data to Swan or whoever that has a big, big, like what What's the point in doing that? Like, what would be the point in me as a Bitcoin math doing that to begin with?
1: I want to do an app that it is has, it's ethical. I get paid from day one, which is not bad, right? I also, you know,
3: forget about the morals, forget about everything else. What is the fastest way to find out if what you built is actually needed or not? You have, to, you have to charge people. You say, hey, is this something that I built? If you want to use it, it's five dollars. If they pay for this, that re- you, don't have to, you don't have to send a survey and ask them, do you really like this product? No, they paid for it. So you know they like the product. And so that's also, as a business, as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, the fastest way to find out if what I built actually is, it's it's necessary actually it's it's something that people actually use it and enjoy is to charge everybody and see, okay, are people using it or not? Because if they don't, okay, then they don't need this.
1: And so yeah, the
3: paywall it's uh, you know the paywall is funny enough. it's probably. It's probably our best feature in the app. <laughs> the fact that everybody gets seen have to pay. It's it's uh yeah, people feel more comfortable. And I've you know, I've talked to a, to a lot of people and they tell me, look, I immediately feel comfortable when I reach out to somebody on Orangeville app, that this guy or this girl, it's 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 a, it's in Bitcoin just as much as me. It's not you know, it's not an Asian woman sending you how is the trick going, or pretending not to be, but in fact, it is. Uh, yeah. So this, yeah, the, the paywall, it's uh, yeah, the paywall is amazing. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's the best, uh, it's the best feature we have. And and I tell my my colleagues, my teammates, whatever you want to call it, I would rather fail, than than take off the paywall. I would die on the paywall hill.
0: I love it. It's it's proof of pleb, isn't it? Proof of play. Yeah, it's proof of work. Yeah, it's
3: proof of work.
0: I mean, it, it is what it is,
3: right? Proof of yep. work.
0: And it will only get bigger as more maxis are forged as time goes by and more people want to meet more Bitcoiners. That's going to be where they're, they're, they're going to be drawn to. I mean, yes, we have Twitter. Yes, we have Nostra. Yes, we have um, all the other things that have, you know, we've had Sphinx chat. We've had, um, Tusky, um, Mastodon, all of these other things. Uh, And we've got Telegram groups we're all part of. We've got uh, Signal. Um, I'm I'm missing probably so many. Uh, But, you know, in in my mind's eye, I think Orange Pill App uh, will become a thing where people are going to, especially if you've uh, already, as far as I'm aware, I don't know how much you can say, but I think you said it already. You're you're already partnering with uh, conferences, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, you know um, more and more people are going to be open to the idea that this is a place where they can go. What I like about the app is, I know over time the plebs closest to me that number is going to come down.
3: It's like a video game, right?
0: yeah it's number go down technology like the i think when i first joined it it was like 350 miles away now it's down to about 110 or something so i check it every day it's like who has that changed is somebody now within that radius uh and i'm really looking and i've i've reached uh... out to so many people i've already got almost 70 connections and i really love like the yeah uh, the the messages i get back from people some know me some don't some have no idea who i am some people think i'm just spamming out generated messages but then we get into a conversation <laughs> uh and then yeah. some people uh ask me for help and i can connect them to people within my network and they're blown away like th- th- there's a guy that needs some help uh brokering some some bitcoin into fiat and i can connect him to exactly who he needs to be connected to and uh you know have the phone conversations he needs to have um And that's already started happening. So uh, as it grows, I see, as you do, because we've spoken about it at length, um, the idea that uh, businesses can list their services or entrepreneurs can list their services. So when you land in a city, you can find a meetup. You can find a bar, a restaurant, a cafe, a theater, or, or whatever that is willing to accept Bitcoin. You can find random plebs that will just come and meet you and show their city to you as, uh, as a welcoming and heartwarming thing and take you out for dinner and maybe even put you up. You don't know the level of kindness that a fellow player will go to until you've actually, you know, entered yeah. their city or their town. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, that's when the magic really starts happening. I've been just blown away by that. Um, so, well, that last thing I'll ask you about, because it's a personal question for me as well, You roped me in to be part of your, uh, I don't know, advisory board or or whatever part of the team to which I was uh, very much honored and humbled to have even been um, thought to be a part of. My initial thought was, what's a 46-year-old married guy with four kids going to be able to help (laughs) with the dating
2: app? Uh,
3: (laughs) You're good looking. Don't don't put yourself down.
0: (laughs) So yeah like um did you want to explain uh to the listeners who else is on that kind of uh, advisory panel and, sure. and the reasons for their involvement and uh what what you're hoping to to achieve
3: yeah for sure um well the the, the real reason why I started reaching out to people like you and Knut and joho session uh Nico from consensus and you know other players other you know, if uh, famous plebs. It was really like, because I don't have a co-founder. I don't have a co-founder. Um, my developers are different countries uh, and we don't have, you know, I don't even want to bother them talking about Bitcoin because I want them to build the app. I don't really have a co-founder. One day it's like, wow, I need to find a co-founder so I can bounce ideas off. Um, and then I was like, why don't you just reach out to all these famous players online and see if they want to be my advisors? And then I can bounce it off them. And obviously they have a different perspective than me, different life experience and backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. And and you have talked to pretty much everybody in Bitcoin, from Michael Saylor to me, like literally, you know, from to everybody. And so you have experience, uh, you know, and, and can have maybe a better understanding of the Bitcoin ecosystem that I have and give me some feedback. And so, I, yeah, so I put uh, this advisory board that is quite large for, us, for a startup. Uh, it's you and Knut. and uh, So the first one was Joe Hall from Cointelegraph. The first guy, because he interviewed me in July, the hour was not live. And I like the guy so much. I was like, wow! Um, I, I want him to be on board, you know, um, to have me. And also, he has a reach, you know. It's because of, this is a, this is a, it's not a need. This needs to be popular to be effective, you know. So, the 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 more reach I have, the better it is. So, Joe Hall, I think, introduced it, introduced me to you, mm-hmm. and then. And so you were advisor number two, or maybe it was Noot. And then from you I got Nico from Consensus Network, and then BDC session, that I met at Pacific Bitcoin. And then there's another advisor that is not a famous Bitcoin, but it's a it's a Maxi, but it has a different background, like more like tech and business, which is great to have also that kind of a uh, kind of advisor, like a diversifying the advisory board. There might be, obviously I can't disclose yet, but uh, more people I think are going to come on the advisory board. They're completely different backgrounds.
0: Great to hear. Um,
3: very exciting to see, to see if that happens. Um, and uh, yeah, the merchants that you just mentioned, and in fact, I just found out two days ago, something that is really mind-blowing. I should have found out early, but I didn't. That have um, you can sell stuff inside the app that is not related to the use of the app,
1: and Apple does not care about
3: it. Mm-hmm. So, 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 the membership that you need to have to get to join Orange app in the app, you have to pay with fiat, because Apple and Google takes a cut. I cannot even mention that. But you can buy on the website, on theorangepillap.com, or one of the thousand domains that I have. It's on theorangepillap.com. Maybe it's
1: theorangepillap.com. Bitcoin is the social. It's a very long list. Uh, then I
3: found out, literally two days ago, that events, and then plebs can say, I have a meetup, and I want to charge people to come to this meetup because I want to have it private, whatever. We could sell tickets in the app, and people can paint in sets directly from the app. It's mind-blowing. And Apple doesn't take a cut. Hmm. That doesn't care what I get paid for. And, and so imagine, you know, like, like that, that, that's going to be amazing that players could be able to monetize if they want to, their meetups. Just to put a little proof of work, right? Not everybody can come. You have to pay a thousand sets. Nothing. But at least you know that the, purpose, the person that come is pretty much a big corner because I've been to meetups and I talk to people and they start talking about shitcoins. It happens all the time. And for merchants, same story. Like, for example, I'm going to talk to Nico probably today or tomorrow. Like, they sell books, um, consensus Network, they sell Bitcoin books that are translated in pretty much all the languages. You're going to be able to do that in Orange
1: Fillout can pay in subs and pay no fees whatsoever. So the, yeah, it's pretty amazing, right? That's uh, awesome.
3: Or merchandise, or whatever you want. You know, you so can sell the, anything.
0: The plebs within orange, within the the orange Pillap app, walled garden, can start yep. interacting is- with each other and selling each other like. Yeah. I, the, the the people I'm thinking of just off the top of my head, this would make perfect sense for BTC pins, uh, for example, yeah. or the guys that make stickers, or the guys that make the ties or the socks, you know? BTC
3: cards, the trading cards. Yes, the trading cards. Have you yeah, seen
0: yes, 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 I have. Yeah. And uh, you have made some kind of little um, agreement with them for say, yeah
3: yeah we're gonna be yeah we're gonna be featured. we're gonna be one of the cards in the in the new
1: series that is launching for Bitcoin Miami.
2: Hmm.
1: There's gonna be an orange pill app in the clouds. pretty cool. And there's other things like so now I'm thinking about you know a partnership with
0: uh, with Vida or LN Cal, for example. Because if you've got some high profile Bitcoiners uh, that that join Orange pill app and one of the plebs just wants to run an idea past them at the moment via Vida or LN Cal, you can book
3: you know, and you just gave me an idea, man. You just, <laughs> you just gave me an idea right now. Like, like yeah. I, yeah, you can, you can paywall your profile in Orange Cloud and say, mm-hmm. if you want to reach out to me, pay a thousand cents. Although, because the whole app is paywall, the chances that the person that reached out to you and is now really a Bitcoin are pretty much zero already, right? So, mm-hmm. Which is the cool part. Mm-hmm. They pay wall instead of so on vida, which I think is a great concept. On vida, they pay wall. It's it's at the individual level. On Orange Club, the pay wall is at the system level. So you can't get in if you, if you don't pay.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And so, but yeah, that technically, yeah, you could, yeah, that, you just get an idea. Yeah, you could say, hey, I'm on Orange up. You have to sign. You have to get a membership to join Orange Pilaf. And then, if you want to book a call with me, because obviously I'm a very busy guy and so you pay 10,000 stats and a 30 minutes call, and yeah, easy.
1: Now that I know, now
3: that I found out that I can do this kind of stuff in the app without Apple or Google's saying anything to me, like, you know, they don't really care because they don't take a cut. Yeah, it's, uh, the possibilities are
1: endless.
0: You've just built a, 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 an economy within the
1: app, yep. right? Like,
0: yeah, that's- yeah. Oh, Bitcoin just blows you away every single time.
3: <laughs> yeah, the Sats, I mean, the, the Lightning Network, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. I mean, it's really mind-blowing when you think about it because you can send money to everybody on planet Earth. It doesn't matter what currency they have. There's not, you don't have to do the conversion. It's instantaneous. There's no KYC. Nobody can stop you. And you can send one Sats or a billion Sats. Yeah, this is this is a huge, yeah, it's it's a it's a historical proportion level revolution.
0: Now we uh, before I ask you the last question, we didn't shout out Brian Brian Demint who wrote uh, Bitcoin Evangelism, yes. who's also on the board yes. and hosts the Twitter yes. Spaces. Yes. So uh, they're monthly at the moment. Uh, for anybody listening, just uh, just go to yes, Punchbowl app and, and set yes, reminders for the, the spaces.
2: The,
3: Yeah, we're doing monthly spaces, which uh, the last one was obviously the best. Amazing. Like Jeff Booth was there. love was there. You were there. Conunt was there. BTC Session was there. I think we had 2,500 live listeners. Like George Gammon was listening. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was listening. And now we put on YouTube, we found the file. Thank God. Um, yeah, we're doing those monthly Uh Next month is gonna be maybe all female, pod, all female panel. We'll see. All
0: right, man. Brian De
3: Yeah, it's a it's a it's an amazing. Uh, yeah, he could be a really It's so talented in doing those kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: and he gives um he gives away uh, little seed phrases for people to go and do a little treasure hunt during the Twitter Spaces as well, which is great. Yeah. And so you yeah. you have the chance yeah. to win some yeah. sets. I think he did the same. Do... He did the same within his book, I believe. There's um. I think there's a wallet. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, yeah, he told me this actually. He told me that uh he told me that giveaways are incredibly powerful uh hmm. marketing tools because you need bias, right? Like a thousand sats doesn't sound like 23 cents, sounds mm-hmm. like a thousand. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's yeah, he's a big giveaway guy. He's giving away all the sats.
0: Love it. Well, mate. I think we've covered everything so I do have to fire the last question at you and that is if you just had
1: one last orange pill left to give to somebody who would you give it to and why I knew this was coming so I got prepared um for You know, for a time, I, I was going to answer
3: you, Jay Powell. Because if you got Orange Peel, it would be you know, amazing. But I think it's not the right answer. I think the right answer would be to Orange Peel, the most uh, influential person on planet Earth, which is Elon Musk. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, if I had one Orange Peel, I would give it to Elon Musk. It would stop shooting Dogecoin and it would integrate Bitcoin in Twitter, which would just be a game changer. And uh, yeah, Elon Musk, it's my it's my choice.
1: Well,
0: come on, Elon, step up. Let's get those orange check marks on Twitter, like come, talks about. Maybe it's an Orange Pill app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that's the thing. Are you going to do the orange check marks on Orange Pill app? I know you've been thinking about this, what to do, how we- to verify people and.
3: Yeah, we, we, we do have badges if you buy like a Lifetime membership or a Giga shop membership or if you're a sponsor, we're going to most likely do, well, obviously we don't want to do KYC. That's never going to happen. But what we're going to do, we're going to do the Twitter uh, verification. So you can link your Twitter profile to your Orangefield profile. So I can go and check if the Daniel prints that I'm talking to on Orange app is the same, Orange, so it's the same Daniel prints on Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Coming soon. <laughs> like your, like all of the other features.
3: When, when, when Twitter integration.com? I need to buy it.
0: And what about um, before we sign off? Uh, yeah. You've bootstrapped this pretty much yourself. Like you said, there's no co founder. Yeah. This has all been your idea. This has been off your own back. You've paid your own developers. Uh, yeah. At some stage, you, you hope it becomes profitable. I've obviously, the um, you know, three thousand plebs paying three euros, three dollars. This isn't uh going to 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 pay you back too much. Um, how how are you thinking investment wise? What are you looking at? What kind of numbers are you thinking? Who would be kind of whoever's out there listening that might be interested in the app and get involved? What kind of terms? Yep. What's the what's the sure. what's the gig? <clears throat>
3: So, so uh, yeah, so I bootstrap all of this from my Bitcoin stack. So I'm converting Bitcoin. I've been converting Bitcoin into orange peel up shares pretty much. <laughs> That's the trade. Hopefully, hopefully it's a good trade. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, no, but I'm fundraising. Uh, I've been talking to um, a lot of investors uh, in the Bitcoin space. Obviously, if you're not in Bitcoin, you're never going to understand this product, this platform. doesn't make sense. Um, Yeah, so we're we're fundraising uh, not much because the company, technically speaking, is already profitable. Uh, Obviously, I'm not getting a salary. That's why it's profitable. But it's it's cash flow positive from pretty much day one. Uh, So we're raising $250,000, which is not a lot in, uh, in the investing world. Valuation. Might be changing by the time this podcast is out, uh, so I don't want to put a number, but it's in the seven figures, obviously. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you're a Bitcoin investor, and we haven't talked yet, I'm very unlikely because I've talked to to pretty much everybody. But yeah, I would love. Yeah, I would love to get investor on board that you know give me some some capital, also some intellectual capital, like you know connections, ideas, and that kind of stuff.
1: What would the
0: that investment go towards what would be like the first thing that you want to you know, well it's that it's
3: uh, sure it's mainly for user growth acquisition like you know we're gonna have a referral program that's coming soon when referralprogram.com <laughs> <laughs> i need to go to rehab i need to go to rehab for people that buy <laughs> domains you do and it's the reason why i'm gonna start it as a business uh so do we have a referral program that uh very very generous referral program that pays ten thousand Sats every time you refer somebody. No limits, so you could stack a full big coin If you, there's yeah. So, so that's one use, and then obviously podcasts, advertising on podcasts, uh, and and the conference. You know, being at the conference is crucial for us. So I would like to go to. I would like to get a private chair to begin with. Try <laughs> to get all to the conference. Don't tell that I'm to the investors. In the I'm gonna put in the terms. <laughs> she invest, You gotta provide me a private chair. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave at the... This year, I'm gonna leave uh, at the airport. I think because uh, hmm. I'm flying. And I'm already flying. Like yeah. Um, because you know, Bitcoin is global. So.
1: So you'll be in
3: yeah BTC Prague yeah we're gonna have an announcement Uh, thanks for the spoiler Princey. sorry it's fine actually no because this podcast will be out after the announcement so we're good Uh, good. yeah we're gonna announce uh, we have announced at this point most likely the BTC Prague we're doing something very uh, cool with them Mm -hmm. and yeah maybe we'll go to Miami I don't know yet Uh, again haven't found the private yet, so we'll see
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, we we all want the private jet. Uh,
3: that that's for sure. Yeah, Los and preference, right? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I, yeah, I think we speak for all the plebs when we say we are sick and tired of the uh, the general state of the travel industry. And um, oh god, okay. yeah, roll around the good times. Anyway, brother, it's been a great rip. Uh, thank you for building on Bitcoin. And uh, you know, carrying it through—it's one thing to have an idea; it's another thing to start building it, and something else entirely different to actually launch it in the way and the fashion that you have with the support that you found. Uh, I think it's—I um I think it's brilliant. I love the app. I love how it works. Thank you for launching on Android. That makes a big difference to my my life uh, and yeah. many others. Uh, and I—I'm here for it. I'm really, really excited to see where this goes over the next year. Um, and and thank you for uh, inviting me to be a part of it and to you know throw around ideas with you. Uh, so yeah, plebs together strong.
3: Yeah, and and I want to thank you as well because I've uh, listened to a lot of podcasts of your podcast, and every single passage you find a way to throw in the orange fill up, which is uh, which is amazing. So yeah, I'm I'm honored to have you on board. It's it's a great pleasure. It's uh, I mean this company I'm bleeding yeah might make money, but that's that's fine, but it's all about the mission as well. you know, it's about what's going to happen when people, big corners, can meet each other in real life globally at scale? Like, what's going to happen? Let's find out. And so that's 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 the big, big driver for me. Like let's find out what happens when millions of big corners connect with each other in real life.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens magic. It always happens. Because they get together and they start uh, feeding off each other, and uh, you know, building with each other. The sky's the limit, and um, yeah, th- this will take us all the way back to the Renaissance days in Florence. That's, there uh, you go. I need to Stacey go Stacey Herbert. Stacey Herbert's called it uh, Renaissance 2.0, and uh, this is where we're at.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks a lot, Prince. It was a, it was a big pleasure.
0: You too, brother. Take care. Have a great day.
3: You too. Bye bye.
0: Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that rip with uh, Matteo, founder and CEO of Orange Pill App. What is going to happen when you join Orange Pill App and you start meeting your local and nearest plebs? Have you got a project in mind? Have you got a business in mind? Do you need to find those people that you can collaborate with? Do you need a co-founder? Do you need that just extra push to say, yeah, build it? Build it. They will come. Because they will. We're ready for you. Uh, So download Orange Pill App. What is stopping you? Don't do it on Google or Apple. Because they don't accept Bitcoin. Why feed the fiat beast? Go directly to the website. OrangePillApp.com And sign up. Make an account via the Lightning Network. You can pay in Satoshi's to join And it's growing every day. We've now got Safer Dean on there. Natalie Brunel is on there. Robert Breedlove is on there. I'm on there. Knut's on there. Joe Hall. All of the advisors. Benny Sessions is on there. You can ping any one of us a message. Or now, events are live. Events are amazing. Just yesterday, I saw an event pop up in Andorra. I can't get there, but I will be able to next month. It's only a five or... Six hour drive, so bam, I can be there and meet up with uh, Thibault, Maheshel, and some of the other Bitcoiners that are living in Andorra and go and spend the weekend there with Bitcoiners in the Pyrenees, having just the, the most amazing time and incredible conversations. I can't wait, we need more of this. So get on the app, that is a shill. For Orange Pill App, and you can tune in to the spaces. Brian DeMint, who's helping market Orange Pill App, and is also part of the advisory board with the other people I mentioned, and some others who, of course, uh, I forgot to mention, Sean Yeager, who's based down in Tennessee. It it speaks for itself. Get on the app, see if you like it. Reach out to your local pleb; you might find somebody lives. 10 miles around the corner from you uh, and that will blow your mind so uh, with that in mind also support swan bitcoin relay coin corner and huddle huddle that's your stacking option support wasabi wallet.io for a coin join service to up your privacy and then get yourself a cold storage signing device hardware wallet from shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten and use the code bitten ...for a, uh, a 5% discount... ...and then get to a conference... ...you know which ones are coming up... ...May is going to be Miami... ...you can use code Bitten at checkout... ...for that 10% discount... ...June is going to be Prague... ...where you can use another... Uh, ...again Bitten ...10% discount... ...at checkout... ...and Liberty in Our Lifetime... ...towards the end of the year... ...in October... ...I know you guys have heard me talking about this one before... ...I was there last year... ...I was very impressed... I think it's an awesome event, really very, very small, intimate. You get to meet an incredible bunch of people who do think differently, who may not have found Bitcoin. So you could even think of it as a bit of a mission to get over there and and, and connect with these other people who are building out a economy around the parallel structure. You might even find that place you want to go and live, that free private city project that you might want to go and escape to you might find uh, a different way to educate your children whatever it is it's it's all there and it's a great great conference so use the code bitten hit the link in the show notes and you will get a 10 percent discount tickets have just gone on sale and you are able to still lock in the early bird price and the discount and it's definitely worth it and i will see you there and i look forward to seeing you there with some other bitcoiners too with that said Thank you very much for listening. Catch you on the next show.